0: a woo a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+.
1: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the
2: Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger.
3: Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks.
4: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns.
5: And I am Lauren, a.k.a. OboCrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, the Heralds of Greenest talk over all of their options... As they have some time in Waterdeep, Bernie meets a new friend, a woodsmith, who has more information on the dangers of the corrupted crypt garden forest she agrees to introduce them to her foreman in the morning, who might be able to offer a reward for having access to the fine woods located there. After a few exciting foosball matches and a long rest, the party head out first thing in the morning. The foreman can't promise anything, but seems confident being able to access that wood will fulfill some outstanding orders and bring in enough money to offer the party the reward they're looking for. With a new quest, the Heralds start to march out of Waterdeep beginning the journey for Carlton's childhood home and that is where we begin tonight welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and drunks I'm your DM Lauren aka obo and tonight I have started Halloween early so when all kinds of awesome people were over for packs last weekend many of them bought beer somebody I don't know who and whoever it was thank you bought New Belgium pump kick that's right pump kick which is basically just a pumpkin ale It is quite delicious. It's also got a raven on the front, which I think is appropriate for the DM to have. And it is just warm and delicious. Actually, it's cold and delicious. But, you know, pumpkin. Bernie, what are you drinking?
4: Um, Nothing made of pumpkin, though. I had a pumpkin muffin yesterday morning. I have a full Mm. steam southern basil.
5: It's like
4: the second to last one in my fridge, which basically means when I drink the last one, summer is over and I can move on to... (laughs) <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy fall brews. That is
5: the official end of summer. Carlton, what are you drinking?
3: Uh, Since I was a child that grew up in the 90s, I'm drinking high C ecto cooler. And since I'm an adult <laughs> in the 2010s or teens or wherever the we're at now, I put vodka in it.
4: Where did you buy that?
3: Amazon.
1: They have them for sale now because of Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's okay. back. It came okay, back. Yeah. It's on Amazon.
4: Okay. I was just really worried that you bought it on eBay
5: or something. Like, oh, yeah, this like, is actual like they
4: clear Coke. Also, a- you
1: Ugh. can get clear Pepsi now, too. Crystal Ugh. Pepsi. You can
5: get a lot of things that you shouldn't be drinking. And it tastes um. just like a rocket whore. <laughs> Inside joke for everybody. Um, Travancore, what are you drinking? Hello, enablers. The viceroy's choice this evening is an invention
2: of my own design. I'm calling it a mango mule. So, as you can imagine, as ginger beer, mango juice, continuing the uh, fruit juice for grown-ups theme, and just a splash of uh, Svědka mango pineapple vodka. It's
5: actually very good. I would drink that. Yeah. Jenga Ship always bringing the class, whether he wants to or not. That's because he's <laughs>
4: upacha. Isn't that why you say it? Close enough. <laughs> How do you say it, Opa?
2: Now you learn some Malayalam. Upacha. Yeah, basically. Upacha. up-a-cha. Yeah, there you go. I love
5: and that And Jonathan. Word.
2: What are you drinking? Uh, this is Jonathan.
1: I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Tonight I am in keeping with the flavored vodka theme, apparently.
4: <laughs> Should I go get some flavored vodka?
1: <laughs> I have here an orange soda with whipped cream vodka in it. Hmm. Whipped? Whipped by Whipped. Huy- cream? It, I call it an orange bootstickle. Mmm. I think I've had this on the on the show before. You have.
5: Listen, we've been both drinking and playing long enough there's going to be repeats. It's okay. It's not a requirement that you have a new drink every episode and I'm repeats just, are fine. I mean, for like I'm a month straight I drank live ok. I, I
4: think yeah. that's hilarious.
5: All right. So You guys got up early, early, early in the morning so that at the crack of dawn, you could be at the gates of Waterdeep to meet up with this foreman. You had a nice little chat with him and uh, found out some more information. And now you're standing at the gates of Waterdeep. Ahead of you is basically the long road headed towards eventually the Crypt Garden Forest. And... At this point I would we're actually going to start with a roll. I would like everybody Yay. to roll an intelligence check. So go ahead and just roll a d20 and add your intelligence modifier. So let's get some numbers. Carlton.
2: I rolled a 17.
5: Travancore.
2: Motherflippin natural 20.
5: <laughs> Take a what does that give you a total? What
4: did the bear roll? Oh, uh,
5: no modifiers, just a 20. Okay. Uh Shadow does not need to roll for this. Jonathan. I rolled a 1 so I get a 6. Mmm. Natural ones are fun. And Bernie.
4: I also rolled a six, so I get a six.
5: Okay. So, as you stand here, looking out literally the long road, so water deep going out to the east and to the north there is a a road you all know called the long road that leads up towards the forest that you're looking for it goes through a couple different towns and basically as you stand there trying to remember anything about anything because most of you have not been up in this area carlton you've been north of here on the long road but you really no one's really been in Waterdeep. no one's really been on here Carlton and Travancore. Carlton, between your vague memories of the last time you were in this area and Travancore from your studies of this area before you arrived on the Sword Coast, you know the long road leads basically eventually north. It goes through Amphail, it goes up to Tribor, Mm -hmm. it goes through a whole bunch of other little towns, and it basically eventually leads all the way to the north to the spine of the world. You guys are looking to... Stop along the way. um, Not terribly far. You're not exactly sure about the the distance, but you're pretty sure... Carlton seems to remember that when he was in Tribor, that it, it was kind of a long ways from Waterdeep. It was a...
3: To put it gently, a bit of a hike.
5: Yeah, it was probably... 300, 400 miles total on the road from Waterdeep to Tribor, which is one of the reasons he never came down this way. He was kind of distracted and went in another direction. Now, you're not going quite that far. Travancore, you do know from your studies Amphail, because you were actually interested in some of the the horse rearing that was going on there. That's about 80 miles away. And then you have to go past that to get to the Crypt Garden Forest.
4: Is that like Afam?
5: I don't know what Afam is. Is right. that an acronym for something? Yes, it's
4: an acronym. It's an acronym for a kind of study in history, but all I can think <laughs> of is AMFAIL is like American History Failure instead of African American History. <laughs> um, no,
5: you and Jonathan had the of uh, the history failures. Yeah, that's basically. True. So, you've got some vague ideas about where to go. You do know that you're going to hit, if you decide to stay on the long road, you're going to hit Amphail, and then you can continue up the long road, although the Crypt Garden Forest, you can basically leave uh, sooner than Tribor, but it's a little bit of a hike. 80 miles. Whew. You guys r- remember these vague details? Would you like to forge on ahead on the long road? Would you like to make any last-minute preparations? What would you like to do?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't mind going onward. The only thing I wanted to do that I didn't get a chance to do was to get that uh, that fancy new sword, but I can wait. Oh, rapier. Yeah, my EP. My EP.
4: Can we do an insight check and figure out how far we can get each day around about?
5: Uh, you don't need to do an insight check for that. You, you actually just know it. Okay. So on foot which most of you are, Bernie, you're you're on your mount, but your mount basically is kind of like being on foot with everybody else. You guys on a road can go around 15 miles per day, more or less depending on the weather and the conditions of the roads. If you were to buy some horses, you can go a little bit faster. If you were to get off the road, it would be a little bit slower you can decide that you want to go a lot faster. You can essentially rush or jog or run, but the faster you go, the more chance you're going to miss something along the way, say a, a hole in the ground or a monster attacking or a signpost you're looking for. So, you know, it's it's not always a good idea to, to go too fast. Now, you do know at least... Carlton and Travacord do know from their roles that the long road is fairly well patrolled by water deep forces, but it is long and it's through the wilderness, so there are going to be long stretches and where there ain't nobody around.
4: Road trip.
2: Well, road yeah. trip. Okay, it sounds like Jonathan's on board. The only issue that I would have had is that you know it would be two weeks before we'd be there and back at least. So if you're okay waiting two weeks to learn those spells, I'm I'm good to go. Well, I wouldn't be like.
1: Like I wouldn't learn them right away, and right. I'd have to do my time before that, so we' so- just video on
2: doing nothing, so let's yeah, let's go forward. Three episodes of shopping let's go on the long road
4: <laughs> That's right. Bernie's okay. excited, but she's actually very tired. Episode
5: going going on an of our lives. <laughs> all the adventures. Okay, so you guys set out. It is just after dawn. So you've got a super early start to this day. It's kind of a gray overcast day. the The light snow is still falling. It's not terribly cold, but certainly you all feel like this early in the morning. It is super nice to have all that warm clothing that you had purchased the other day. And it's gonna be about five days of travel at least to get to Amphail. Uh, I would like everybody to roll me some perception checks.
3: I am moderately okay at this. <laughs> Stop wasting God your twenties. <laughs> God You're wasting all your twenties on the shitty rolls.
5: Or the awesome ones. Or, well, in the meantime, drink. All the drinking. Okay. Jonathan.
3: Ooh. hit hello. hello. Bit of vodka there. Uh,
1: 13.
5: <laughs> and Bernie? I got a 9. And Carlton? 15. And Travencore? Uh 25,
2: but that's a natural 20.
5: And I will take a roll from Shadow as well for this.
2: If I roll another 20, I guess we know something's about to bark with the game.
5: Can I roll for my dog? Nah, he rolled a 7. We're good. That sounds about right. Uh, if you would like to roll for Newt, sure. Meanwhile, as you guys are heading out, about how fast are you going?
2: Uh, normal speed, I think. Like, not, like, super slow, but walking at a, I would say, normal pace.
5: Okay. So, but you're not rushing. You're not going to try to go terribly fast. No rush. We're nah. making
3: good time. We like I don't want to risk exhaustion. You know, exhaustion okay. is bad.
5: Exhaustion is bad. Missing things is bad. All right. As you are walking down this road, everybody's kind of keeping an eye out because you are entering the wilderness. You do notice, all of you notice, the patrols. They seem to be this close to Waterdeep coming... Probably once every hour or two, you run into at least six or seven guards. Sometimes they're on horseback, sometimes they're not. They seem to be going in different directions. And once you actually come across a group of them that seem to be coming out of the nearby woods, they get onto the long road and then they're heading back towards Waterdeep. So this place seems pretty well protected and as you move on throughout the day and get into the afternoon travancore you've been keeping a very close eye on everything just you know as you kind of enter your your natural element and you realize that the, the patrols are becoming much less frequent and none of them are coming out of the woods anymore they're all sticking to the roads and they're all
4: listening to taylor swift
5: <laughs> they're they're all just you know hunkering down and you Take a look at the road. It's a pretty nice, nicely traveled dirt path. Despite the snow that's been falling, the road itself is clear just because of the the fairly regular traffic. Uh, but as you get into the afternoon, into the later evening, you do notice that a lot of those tracks start to subside, and more of the roadway is getting covered over with snow. And most of the tracks you're seeing now are either uh, wagon tracks that are have dug in a little bit more or some of the guards that have been coming through. So you are definitely moving into more dangerous territories.
2: Okay. Noted. We press do onward. We, do we know if
3: the weather affects the weather in our pocket dimension? Like if it's cold where we're at, if it's cold in the pocket dimension? You don't know. I don't believe it does because, like, I don't believe it does. I'm just saying, like when we go to our pocket house tonight, it's gonna be like cold. The air, like they're gonna have the air conditioning on from back when it was in greenest. It's gonna be frigid, and then we're gonna have to turn on the heater, and it's gonna be like an hour or two before it's comfortable
2: in there. Well, seeing as (laughs) how our the pocket dimension doesn't have a sun, I think that relieves a lot of the issues related to climate and weather.
5: I guess we'll find out. As you guys continue to travel, it is getting towards about dinner time. Do you guys want to continue to travel on the road as the sun starts to set, or do you want to stop for the evening?
3: I say we stop for the evening, walk a little off-road, and pop up our uh, pocket dimension and have a nice family dinner. Why not? Because we get to do every 24 hours, so this time tomorrow, we do it again.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Does this feel like cheating to anybody? Like
5: well, You do know that's not quite true. So once you close the teleportation circle and retrieve the nut, it's 24 hours from, from that then, point. Right. Okay.
2: So we couldn't do it every night,
3: every other night probably though. This is why I don't yeah. carry the pocket dimension. It's I don't carry the pocket house because of this.
5: This is why last night you guys had to stay in an inn because yeah. you could not open the pocket dimension. So, you know, we'll say it's about dinner time. You guys have had uh, some, some light dinner. You've traveled another hour or two. The sun is about to set. So you either need to you decide on whether you want to make camp, you want to continue along the long road in the dark, or if you want to go to your pocket house. Well,
2: there is an argument against opening the pocket house now. And the argument goes a little something like this. Um, right now, we're still in a fairly... I mean, not as well-traveled area right now, which means there's still some people nearby. One day in further into our journey, it might be rougher terrain, it could be more dangerous terrain, and that might be the time to open our pocket dimension. Just a thought.
3: I mean, I'm fine with sleeping outside. I'm good with that, too.
1: I I like that logic.
3: Now, the question is, do we stop now, or do we go for another hour or two in the dark? Mm. We should probably make camp while we still have some light.
4: I can see in the dark.
3: Jonathan, you got, like, light stuff? Oh, yeah. Cantrips?
4: Yeah, I have light spells. All
2: right, maybe another hour then.
4: We can, yeah, let's have some dinner, and then you'll be all full from dinner, and so walking will be night.
2: Good for digestion.
4: Exactly.
2: Maybe we'll catch a, a like, a pocket monster or something.
4: Exactly! Monsters in your pocket?
5: Is
2: that a thing <laughs> on the Sword Coast? I didn't come across that in my research.
3: If you can fit a house in your pocket, why can't you fit a monster in your pocket? Your logic is flawless, friend.
5: All right, you guys stop over on the side of the road for a little bit of food. The sun begins to uh, sink below the hills and trees. And as it starts to set, you guys are going to continue on for a couple more hours? Maybe another hour. I only need a couple more hours. I would love everybody to roll me another perception check. And Jonathan, are you setting your light spell off right now? Or are you lighting a torch? Because it's, it's getting pretty dark.
1: I'm going to light the end of my staff. Okay. And I say... Bucks, uh, go, because there are, like, trees all around, right?
5: Oh, yeah. You you guys are pretty much in a light forest at this point. There is a larger forest off to your west. The, the tree's kind of thicken and thicken, and you do know that there's a forest off to your left. It's not the Crypt Garden, obviously, uh, but you're kind of in general light forest. Occasionally, you come across patches and where you can see a little bit further onto hills and stuff, but there are definitely trees nearby. My dog got a perception of three. I I tell bucks to
1: cover us from the air.
5: Okay. His range is how many feet where he can still communicate with you? Uh 100. Okay. Uh, are you having him stay within that 100 feet or would you like him to go further?
1: I say, well, I need I need him to uh hmm. I say, "Do do do a scouting pattern. Go out a few 100 feet, but then come back. And if you see anything, uh just rush on back and let us know. But stay stay out of trouble."
5: He obediently flies off on silent wings, he kind of heads to your right, swoops up into a tree, perches, looks around, and he's going to kind of swing, as it were, fly from tree to tree, land, look fly and every once in a while just on the periphery of your vision if you if you know where to look if he, if he's within your your sense you can actually see him ghost across the road uh as he does a circling pattern but he is he is pretty darn silent and then Jonathan what's your perception check 12 and Travancore
3: 21
5: and uh Carlton
3: uh 19
4: okay and I got my dog got a 3 but I also perceived things <laughs> <laughs> I got a 14.
5: You got a 14? Okay. Those of you who got, what was it, a 17 or over? I think two of you did.
2: Me. Me.
5: Yep. Um, you can see pretty far in the distance off to your right, kind of wary in the trees, some movement. You can't make out any specific forms, and you don't hear anything, but you definitely see something moving about 150, 200 feet off.
3: I put up my fist to have everybody stop and then I do like the finger to the eyes and I point to the forest but not making sound like all SWAT team and then I ready my halberd and then I ready my bow
4: okay and
5: I ready my dog <laughs> All right and you guys are going to stay there on the road do you want to head into the in the woods what would you like to do at the moment nothing is happening you've just noticed this movement in the trees
3: We could engage we could Briskly run away, or we can try to stealthily slip away.
2: I like the stealth option.
1: We will try the stealth option.
3: Yeah. As I say, the benefits are we could slip away, but they could still see us, but hopefully us being sneaky would give us- be to our favor. Running away, they'll probably be alerted to us, but we are further out. And then, blood.
4: Oh, shit, you guys. I just learned a thing. My dog has smelling ability. <laughs> yep.
5: He can perceive <laughs> kind of like Shadow. Yeah. He can uh, use his nose for perception just as much as his eyes. And that way, if there is something that is, say, imperceptible to your sight, but maybe he can pick up a scent.
4: Okay. So he's got perception as a skill. Can an advantage, can I ask him to smell the air and see if he smells anything? Sure.
5: Yes. Go ahead and have him roll a perception check, and it's with advantage if you're smelling. Yeah, and yep. he I did not add any of his pluses. Okay.
2: <laughs>
5: good. Okay, so
4: I rolled the same thing twice, literally. Um, he gets a 20 both times. <laughs> not natural. 16 plus 4.
5: Are you going to get off of him to do this, or are you going to stay on him?
4: Um. Well, he's just smelling things, right? Like, we're good for me. They've got really good smell. Okay.
5: Uh, you give him this instruction and he puts his nose up to the air first and then down to the ground and kind of moves about on his own. He doesn't actually go off the road, but he comes to the edge of it. And as he reaches the edge of the road, he kind of sniffs the air for a little bit and he gives the woods a wary look and backs up a, a just a hair, but he doesn't make any noise. You can feel his tension, though. And uh, you get the sense he has been trained because he is a, a dog that can deal with combat. He's not necessarily an attack dog, but he is a, a, a dog that has been trained to deal with combat situations and where he knows not to make noise.
4: So I think the stealth option is the best option. I agree. Let's stealthy get the fuck out of here.
2: Stealthy Korea is best Korea.
5: All right. I would love y'all to roll stealth checks. Do I roll the check or does my dog roll the check? I will let you decide who has the better stealth and go with that. Uh, I do need a separate one from Shadow because he is... (laughs) Travancore's not riding him. And I would like one from Bucks as well. Let's get from all the animal friends. Oh,
1: jeez. Hold on. I'm, oh, shit. Let me look up uh, Bucks' stats here. I should have them fairly handy. Oh, my owl has advantage on wisdom checks or <laughs> w- perception checks.
5: S- I kind of figured. So, uh, But this is a stealth, stealth check.
2: Oh, right, right. Okay, so.
5: While Jonathan maths that out, Travancore, what did you and Shadow get?
2: I rolled a nine with my bonus. Uh, Shadow got a 15.
5: And Carlton?
2: I've also got a nine.
5: Okay, and Bernie and Coco Snoot. Oh, oh, we did poorly. We did so poorly. We got a seven. And Jonathan and Bucks.
1: Uh, Jonathan gets a stealth, Uh, so 19, and I'm sorry, uh, 18, and Bucks gets a 13. Okay,
5: you guys start to back away and are going to continue to head north along the road. Jonathan, do you keep the light up or do you quench the light?
4: I... Just hold on to somebody's tail and deal with it.
3: Okay. I, I grab his hand and I hold his hand.
1: Okay. I hold hands with uh, with Carlton and douse my light. Okay.
5: It's not your quietest movement ever. You've got two new animal companions. You're in kind of unfamiliar territory. N- most of you are not really stealthy characters. So you don't necessarily... Like, you can all kind of tell as you're moving north. Uh, If anyone wanted to notice you, they could notice you, but nothing happens as you move north and you, you continue on the road for about another 10, 15 minutes and nothing happens.
3: I start to lock fingers with Jonathan. I'm like, bro,
1: bro, nah, nah, bro, nah.
5: What would you like to do?
2: Let's, I say we press forward. It seems like, do you want to remain stealthy? I think we should probably just stay stealthy for a few more minutes. Agreed. Yeah. Another round of stealth checks?
5: Uh no, you guys continue on and you know, continuing to be just as as quiet as you can, with the light doused and uh with Bucks kind of flying on ahead. He doesn't alert you, Jonathan, to, to anything in the vicinity. You go for probably another half an hour. Jonathan, this is if it wasn't for Bucks and Carlton holding your hand, this would be nerve wracking. With the the cloudy sky above and the lack of light, it is pitch dark out here and you can see Jack and shit. Bernie, you're having to do a little more leading of Coco Snoot than you're used to uh, because your dog cannot, I don't think your dog can see in the dark. So, well, he can smell and he's doing an okay job between smell and and keeping close to everyone, but you're having to kind of nudge him and, and keep him on the road a little bit. But you go another 30 minutes, very tense, very slow, very quiet minutes, but nothing happens.
3: All right. I let go of Jonathan's hand. Hey, buddy, I think we might be okay if you want to light up again. All right,
2: I recast light. Okay. I mean,
3: we're essentially an hour from where we heard the disturbance.
2: Yeah. How would you all feel about setting up camp where we are? We're, I think like the, the danger or whatever it is is past.
3: Well, we should probably go a little off-road so we're not directly on the road. True, true. You know, because not only do we have to deal with stuff in the woods, but bandits.
4: Oh, I just rolled a science check on my Google dice, and it says that dogs can see pretty fine in the dark.
5: <laughs> now if only science worked in Faerûn uh, and if only Google hold, worked in Faerûn.
4: Oh, no 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 no. This is physical structure of dogs. Are you telling yep. me that eye structure changes in a fantasy world? Cones and rods?
5: Yes, because dogs usually aren't big enough for small humans to ride on them.
4: Uh, yo, it's not I'm not a small human, I'm a gnome. I've met some big dogs. Actually,
3: that kind of kills your argument. <laughs> Because gnomes don't exist.
4: Yes. But we're arguing about the size of the thing riding it and not the physical structure of eyes. I do not think when the good people that invented Dungeons and Dragons sat down,
5: they went, hmm, cones and rods, yes. Hey, hey, Bernie, answer me this. What? Does Coco Snoot have dark vision? According
4: to, no, I didn't say it's dark vision. I said that dogs can see in the dark. It's just a fact. Can cats see in the dark? If you were introduced, you let that fucking owl see in the dark because it's an owl. Because you were like, ooh, owls at night? No, if it was a cat, you'd be like, yeah, your cat's fine. But just because you didn't know the science fact about his dog, you're all... Mm.
1: I hate to be a, the actually guy, but... Don't do it! Owls have dark vision. And I hate also hate to be the actual guy? Bucks is a celestial. Well, no, no, no. But this is, this is an owl. Like, the celestial oh. template doesn't change what he is. He okay. just get he's just an owl.
5: Basically, him being a summoned familiar and a celestial means that he's got kind of this weird telepathic communication with Jonathan that a normal owl would not have. The the same reason Bernie does not have telepathic communication with her dog is the re- is because it's just a dog. You
4: don't need telepathic communication have rods and cones that work well.
5: Yes. Bernie mastiffs do not have dark vision. Boo. And so I'm going to say that Coco Snoot has a hard time seeing in the dark in the D&D universe. But as I said, he can smell and he's got other perceptions that are better than seeing. And that's why he wasn't completely unable to do anything and you had to lead him. You were able to just give him some direction. I suppose it'll have to do. That's good that you say that because I'm the one in charge. All right. You guys are going to camp? (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah. I have my
3: explorers pack. When we get ready to make camp, can I take my 50 feet of hemp and rope and make a hammock out of it?
4: How long do you think it's going to take you to make that hammock, buddy?
3: The dice will tell.
4: <laughs> you got a big crochet hook hitting up that ass, too?
3: You don't know what's in my bum?
4: No, I'm really Nature's glad bucket. I don't.
3: Thanks, I just pocket. can't
4: wait for Lauren to let you shit out a crochet hook. <laughs>
5: As far as I know, he's stuck nothing up his ass since the last encounter with his ass. I had a bad experience with that last time. I to
4: retcon it and be like, I'll just keep things in my butt that I think could be useful.
2: Note to self, do do not ask Carlton to hold anything ever.
3: My my asshole's a pocket. Carlton
2: in his butt of of holding.
3: It's a portable hole.
5: I need some details about your uh, camping out. So you're not activating the pocket house. You're actually camping in the woods. Go ahead and tell me what you're looking for, where you're setting up. Give me some details. Because you are in the woods. Shouldn't
4: we do like a perception check to find a good campsite that's like dry and
5: doesn't look like limbs yeah. will fall on us in the night? You are more than welcome to give me a perception check. I'm going to
4: do a perception check. Is that, a, is that how we find a good campsite in Dungeons and Dragons?
5: That's one of the ways, absolutely. All
4: right, let's do this. I'll oh, good, two. finally, I got a 22. Do I find a good campsite with a 22?
5: You can also, anyone can also give me some survival checks oh. if they would like to use that instead. Oh, I wish I'd known that ahead of time. Can I just scrap my... I will let you use the the D20 roll that you just made and just add the relevant modifier and tell me your. Your role. Well, uh, so, I'm better off
2: and hug staying with perception then. So, yeah. not.
4: My good. survival and my perception are the same thing, like the same modifier. Should it be a survival one instead and just use that number?
5: Well, so the difference is going to be perception is going to be seeing and looking around and just kind of getting the general lay of what you can notice. Survival is specifically looking for surviving out in the wilderness so you might not notice as much but you're looking for very specific things so since
4: we're looking for a good campsite we're going with survival because that'll be like knowing what to look for in a campsite
5: all right so bernie uh so i'm going to ask you what what role are you giving me and what's your number so bernie so
4: i'm giving you a survival check and it's a 17 plus
5: 5 and that's a 22 okay uh travancore A perception check.
2: It gave me an 11 with my bonus.
5: And Carlton?
2: A survival
3: check with a a 16.
5: And Jonathan?
3: Either way, you cut it. It's a three.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan... The night is dark and full of terrors.
4: <laughs> it must yeah. really suck to be like literally the only person who can't see for shit, surrounded by people who are like just walking along. My oh, yes, like owl
1: is flying deftly through the limbs because he fucking has dark vision.
4: You're not flying though,
5: and you've got light on your staff. And to the extent of the light on your staff, you can see perfectly fine. Outside of that. Oh, it's dark. And, you know, you're, you've are you lived in cities a lot of your life. You're not necessarily used to roughing it. So you're not sure what to look for. Bernie, it's actually you go off-road about five, let's say three minutes off the road. You actually find a nice little clearing in the woods that actually looks like it has been used as a camping place before. You do find a cold pit in the ground that seems to have some charcoal left over in it from a fire and uh, looking around you can actually see holes in the ground where stakes have been driven in for tents. So this is obviously a place that has been used before. The pine trees that are around are going to give you some cover from the elements and it seems to be a halfway decent place.
4: All right. So I guess I call everyone over and I'm like, let's sleep here tonight. And Jonathan, hand me that torch of yours and let's let's make that torch into a nice big fire.
1: It's actually a light spell.
4: Well,
3: <laughs>
4: shit. Um, Jonathan, use that torch of yours to find some firewood. I do so. Remember, you're looking for kindling and hardwood, something dry, not super piney.
1: I, I sort of set off a fire blast in my hand just to kind of flourish it. And I'll be like, whoosh. it's like, let's see if this can light it.
2: Later.
4: (laughs) Later. Okay. Don't light the forest on fire, please. That was. Then, thank you.
2: (laughs) Oh, Shadow gives Jonathan a very grave look, a preemptive look.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Shadow Shadow whips a a ranger hat out of his ass. Where apparently we're keeping things now. Shadow doesn't keep
5: things in his ass. That's just one of us. That's funny. All right. So (laughs) Jonathan is looking for firewood. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, I... I'm
3: weaving my hammock.
5: With what? With what?
4: I can get no, some branches.
5: No. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to y'all. I promise. Bernie, what are you doing?
4: Um, so what in our adventures packs, is there like a tent? Did we buy tents?
3: No. The there's a bedroll.
4: There's a yeah. bedroll. Okay. I guess I'm laying out my bedroll and I want to find some trees that are close together, and I want to tie my rope on to one end of one tree so it's the nice height so that I can lean some branches up against the tree, the little like rope, and make myself a little survival y lean to. Okay. And
2: Travancore, what are you doing? I'm um, actually taking this time to sort of look at my new magic fancy quiver, the one that produces arrows like unlimited, and making sure that it only has the one normal arrow and that everything else is either a specialty arrow or the ones it generates. And then my n- other normal arrows will be in the normal quiver.
5: The only thing that's currently in that quiver uh, that you can see are the specialty arrows and the one normal arrow. Excellent.
4: I'm sorry. I just really love that everyone's getting ready to survive. Like everyone's like, I will make a tent. I will make a hammock. I will find firewood. And, <laughs> and Travis like, I want to look at my new toy.
2: Or I'm <laughs> going to make sure my arrows are ready because my arrows keep me alive. He's got a point. That's true.
5: <laughs> That's true. But U A U said it was great. I would like you all to roll me survival checks.
2: Oh God.
5: Shadow two? I die Uh no, just the four of you. Okay.
4: Woohoo, I live. Well, this is actually pretty heartening, guys. Um, for the first time in a row, none of us are failures.
3: That we know of.
4: No.
1: Jonathan, what did you roll? Nineteen.
5: Okay, you head off into the woods, staying kind of close by, and within the space of five, ten minutes, you are able to gather up enough firewood for a a nice-sized fire and to keep it going for as long as you need to. Come back to camp, get the fire set up. You've got a flint and steel in your your pack, and you've got a nice little campfire going pretty quickly. Carlton, what'd you roll? 19. Okay, it's a weird-looking hammock but it's a fully functional hammock that's going to hold you up nicely throughout the entire night and it it's more comfortable than sleeping on the ground. Yeah. Bernie, what'd you roll? I rolled a 17. Okay, you managed to find a couple of trees nearby, uh that's close enough to the campfire for safety and string up the rope and the blanket and make yourself a, a nice little tent to sleep in. And Travancore, 15. All right, Uh, you notice movement out about 200-ish feet out into the woods. Hey, guys. You can't quite see what it is. There does seem to be several. You, you're you not sure. Maybe three, maybe four, maybe five, maybe three, maybe seven, maybe three. Dark shadows moving. They seem to be quiet. You notice it, and then Shadow kind of also peers in that direction, but stays silent.
3: Jonathan, how f- was Buck still near the campsite? Or was he right over you?
1: I think it bucks. I'm like, where are you, buddy?
5: Okay. You still have him circling? Yeah. Okay. He is currently uh, north of you, uh, about 75 feet, and is at your call, thinks out to you his approximate location. You can feel where he is. Travancore. the shadows are coming from the southeast.
2: I relay this to the person nearest to me.
5: Well, everybody's...
2: Close, pretty close by. Everybody
5: but Carlton's close... or No, everybody's close by at this point. Jonathan's returned to camp, uh, so everybody is within just a couple of feet of the fire. At this point, I ready my bow.
4: I want to roll a perception check, I guess, to see if I can see what he sees. Sure. Got a 23. Can't wait to do battle and get a whole bunch of critical failures.
5: You were concentrating on your setting up camp, but as soon as Travancore kind of alerts you and points out, you can very clearly see the shadowy figures that he can see it's indistinct can't really make out that they're far enough away that you're unsure of numbers they do seem to not be humanoid though they are not upright humanoids they seem to be beasts of some sort but they're far enough away that you can't tell any more information are they deer Ah, uh, you're unsure they could be deer. They're definitely, as I said, creatures of some sort. They're not humanoid. But you can't make out any other details.
3: Uh, uh, So I'm not laying down fully in my hammock. I'm kind of sitting in it and kind of swaying while sharpening the halberd when he points it out. And then I kind of put down the stone, pick up the halberd, and get ready for whatever is about to come to our camp.
5: Okay. Several minutes go by. Nothing happens. Travancore, you and Bernie lose sight of the the shadows. They seem to have moved a little bit too far south for you to be able to see them anymore.
2: All right. Well, at this point, you just want to bed down and take what, take shifts. At this point, you know that way. Yes. If someone comes back, let's do it old school, man. All right. I'll I'll take first shift.
4: I'll take last shift. I just want to go to sleep.
3: All right. I la- I put I kind of rest my halberd up against the tree. Do you mind and-
1: splitting the shifts up? But the I guess I guess I can have Bucks help
3: me with my shift. Well, you should yeah. Jonathan should have the one where Wait, it's what? sunlight. Yeah, I should have the okay, last I'll one. Okay,
5: I'll take second. Bernie will take second shift.
3: Okay, all right, I'll go third.
5: Yeah, I as long as uh, if you're worried about long resting, as. L- It has to be at least eight hours long. You don't have to be asleep. You can read, talk. You can even stand watch. If you're interrupted by strenuous activity, like fighting and spellcasting, as long as that activity doesn't take more than an hour before you relax again, it doesn't interrupt the rest. So you can make the shifts as long or as short as you would prefer. But in order for it to count as a long rest, it has to be eight hours long in total. You can even stand watch, but no more than two of the eight hours. There we go. Okay,
2: all right, two hours sounds fair. Two hours a pop. That sounds good to me.
5: All right, so everybody starts to to bed down. Who's on first watch? Me. Give me uh, and I'm, is Shadow gonna stay up with you, or is Shadow gonna fall asleep? Shadow's gonna stay up with me for my watch. All right, I would love perception checks from the both of you as everybody goes to sleep. <laughs> oh. Well,
2: <laughs> hopefully Shadow on, does Shadow, better. please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. so for posterity, well, I rolled a six, but that's a natural one for Travancore. Shadow rolled a two. I
3: dream of cellos on a sinking boat.
5: You stay up for your two hours, peering into the darkness. You can hear night Crickets and some other, you know, soft rustling of some some leaves and just gentle forest noises. Nothing seems to happen. Goes uneventful. Okay,
2: that's into my
3: shift. Who's next? I think it's Carlton, right? Uh, sure, I'll take. I I think so. Yeah, sure. Why not?
5: Go ahead and roll me a perception check.
3: All right. So I get woken. Travis goes to bed. Yep. And a twelve.
5: Okay. You about an hour into your shift. Notice movement way off in the trees, 150 feet maybe. It's basically only due to your dark vision that you can actually see them at all. Seems to be about three or four shapes low to the ground. Uh, they are silent, moving off past you and disappear off into the woods after about five minutes. Okay. All right. Who's next? That would uh,
3: be, me. be Bernie.
2: So I
5: okay, go over. Roll me a perception check. Little buddy. It's your turn. <laughs> um,
4: uh,
2: Ugh, sad drink.
5: Uh yeah, uh, but also the dog. Um Yeah, so. gimme if if you're gonna wait Coco Snoot and have him watch with you, sure. I'll take a I'll take a perception check.
4: Oh, thank God for Coco Snoot. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay. Uh, um Coco Snoot got a seventeen while I got a six. At some point during your shift. Everything seems fine to you, but Coco Snoot, he's kind of laying next to you attentively. He tenses and stands up, ears and nose pointed out into the forest to the south. He's well enough trained that he doesn't charge off or anything, but he stands there very intent and the hairs on the back of his neck are up and he is focused on something that you cannot see.
4: Can I like knowing that he's doing this, roll another perception check for myself
5: to try to see it? Uh, uh, like sure. make an active effort or is that i'll I'll let you give it a try you could so you kind of gauge where he's looking off into the forest go ahead and that's a eighteen okay uh, you see movement about hundred feet off in the forest, doesn't seem to be moving towards you. They seem like the same figures you saw before as far as the indistinct animal-type features. And after about five minutes of watching, they shadow meld back into the forest, and Cuckoo Snoot relaxes.
4: All right, I relax back down there with him.
5: Okay, and who's the last one? Yo. All right, you change shifts. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Boom! Oh
1: my god. That's 20. <laughs> Drink. Drink. It's 21. <laughs> Would gone. you
5: like to give me one for bucks as well?
1: Uh with advantage, sure.
5: Yeah, assuming that you're waking him up and he's Uh
1: so that looks like a 14. But okay. he has dark vision and I do not.
5: True. So, is he staying nearby with you or is he going to go back to circling now that he, he is at,
1: he's going to do he's going to go up to the tree that's closest to me. He's going to perch in that tree.
5: Okay, he perches in the tree, and you are taking a really good look around, kind of wary. The others have told you what they've been seeing out in the forest. And so even without dark vision, you kind of know what to look for, and you see it immediately, about 100, maybe 75 feet out in the forest, several indistinct figures moving. As soon as you see it, Bucks is alerted to it, and he can see them as well. Uh, you can't quite make out any details, but they do seem to be animals uh, on four legs, it looks like. You can kind of see tails, so it, they are some sort of creature. Uh, nothing more than that. There seems to be about five of them, and within about five minutes after you notice them, they meld back into the forest.
4: Huh. Well, all right. You don't want to send bucks on a swoopy swoopy?
1: I think uh, since they didn't attack, I've got a feeling they. I know why they didn't attack. I think we may have found Carlton's family. Interesting. I wolf. Well, I'm asleep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to that knowledge and let everyone know once everyone gets up. My my theory.
5: All right. So within about an hour or two, the sun starts to rise, and it's been a long rest. So you guys can mark down that you've had a long rest. You get your spells back. You get your hit points back. I don't think you really used anything, but it has been a long rest. Uh, you can stoke the fire, make some breakfast, and what would you like to do on day two? walk. This is just
4: going to be like Lord of the Rings. Let's just walk until Gollum finds us and let him bite a finger off You know, I call I, it I an had, adventure.
2: I had an interesting thought about what I should have for breakfast. So I have this ghee and I haven't eaten it yet. And I think I like to eat it. Like, I'm going to prepare it the way that the Turkish person told me to. I'm not going to bite into it like the last time. So I want to follow those instructions very carefully and I'm going to eat this and see what happens.
5: Okay. Do you remember how what he said?
2: Uh, My character does.
5: <laughs> roll me a history check
2: oh, man. let's see 17
5: yeah, oh yeah the, the shopkeeper clearly said peel off all the red bits don't need anything that's even a shade of red make sure you go all the way down to the. there's a white innards kind of in the bulbous bottom of this with black spots that's what you want
2: going for that that exactly as I remember okay. it which is so uncanny that would be the case I was just checking yeah. to see
5: if you remembered if i remember the test for the dm i see how that was it takes a few minutes because he he told you what to do but not how to do it and eventually you figure out that just you can't just peel these leaves off they're thick they're almost like aloe leaves you know pulling them just kind of they kind of break apart and you don't necessarily you can't peel it and eventually you pull out a knife and are able to slice through this thing kind of right down the middle, open it up into two parts. And yeah, two halves of it, you see this creamy white interior with these little tiny black spots. And it is delicious. It Mm. is smooth. It's almost got a melon kind of texture the the little black dots don't seem to be seeds or anything like they don't affect the 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 texture at all and it's very smooth very rich and very refreshing if if this was the summer this would be perfect with it being a little cold it's not so much but it's still delicious and i
2: save a little bit for shadow as well okay and oh and i take a little bit of time to scribble down a quick observation and uh, on a piece of parchment, paper, whatever I have lying around, and I seal it with a, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, wax stamp.
5: Perfect. What is your, What does your seal look like?
2: Well, it's the seal of the Kingdom of Econum, which uh, has uh, basically uh, two palm leaves on either side, and then a sword right through the middle.
5: Okay. Are you trying to do this discreetly, or are you okay with anyone else seeing?
2: I'm trying to be discreet.
5: Okay, Uh, roll me a sleight of hand check. Everybody else, roll me a perception check.
3: I'm off foraging for mushrooms or something.
5: (laughs) I got an 11. I got a 7.
3: I got And Carlton? I got a 1, so after the modifier, it's a 6.
5: And Travancore, what was your sleight of hand? 17. Yeah, no one notices anything. You you write down everything you need to seal this thing up, tuck it away. Uh, The only person who knows is Shadow. Uh, what would you guys like to do? It is, it is the morning. You guys have had breakfast. You're going to tear up camp. And what would you like to do?
1: I let everyone know what I think is going on. The, 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 what? I say, <clears throat> I think I saw wolves out there. And they didn't attack us. They, wolves would try to attack us, especially if we were in their territory. And these didn't. Hmm.
5: Bucks, Back me up on this one. Bucks is unsure what they
4: were.
3: Doesn't he have dark vision of one twenty?
5: I want to ask my dog if it smelled like a wolf. Uh, your dog, being unable to communicate, just lolls his tongue out at you.
4: See, we have.
5: Sorry, Bernie. Coco Snoot is
4: just a dog.
5: <laughs> yes, dogs are not necessarily dumb. Yes, but he's not Lassie. He's not about to lead you to a well.
3: At this point, I go to I go to Bernie. Uh, Bernie, there's something I have to tell you. I got him from the discount. I got him from the discount bin.
5: Oh, great.
4: Well, you know, it's worth a try. (laughs) That's
3: bullshit.
1: I
4: listened
3: to that episode. You so did not.
4: (laughs) I'm just trying to make
3: Coco
5: Snoop feel better.
4: Will you stop making Coco Snoop feel better? Why would you tell my dog you got him from the discount bin?
5: I'm telling you Bernie, you notice that Koku Snoot doesn't give two shits. He hears his name coming from Carlton and looks over attentively and is just happy.
4: You better give him a treat now, he knows. Deep down in his heart, he knows.
3: I I break off a little portion of my
5: ration and flick it to him. He catches it out of the air deftly and, and is happy.
4: And I pet him on the nose and I say, Don't listen to a word they say. I love you.
5: He wags his butt at you. Good.
4: Let's get let's get a move on. Let's pack up camp. Let's start getting to this haunted
5: forest. All right, so you guys are gonna pack up. Yeah, I mean, there's all right.
2: There is one <laughs> option open to us if we were interested in tracking whatever it is we saw last night. Shadow has a skill called keen smell that he might be able to lock into them. I don't know if that's how it
5: works or not. It's it's kind of like a perception check, except you know. He'd be able to smell things when you normally, you know, once again, it's kind of like with the dog, you know, if you're tracking something and only a smell has been left behind, he's got an opportunity to be able to to pick that up. So he would roll a perception check, and you would mention that he's specifically looking to use his keen smell. why not? Counterpoint.
4: Counterpoint to that, my friend. Okay. All we would know is if those wolves were wolves, and I'm not saying that they might not be his family. I'm just saying that statistically they're not his family. And just because they chose to ignore a fire and what's could have been not an even match up, like they weren't exactly outnumbering us. So, I'm not going to say that just because something chose to ignore or not challenge um people sitting in a spot where they've obviously seen people sit before I, that just doesn't add up to me unless they're willing to approach us and i don't, don't want to go chomping into woods that we're probably going to get lost in when we have a goal at hand
2: good point also if they are indeed following us we'll see them again depart t- tonight
4: exactly and we are shit at tracking things well no
2: shadow tracked froulem and uh and we killed her dead
4: <laughs> ish um but no you know, she's super I- dead <laughs> I just don't think I want to go off into the woods. I mean, you guys are welcome to do that. I'm sure we'll meet Carlton's family eventually.
2: QT, what do you think? Uh... Yeah.
3: Maybe. So, we're not... So, they... First off, Bernie, they they are my family. I was raised by them. So you cannot say that they're not my family.
4: Well, no, I'm saying that. So are all wolves your family? Yes. So all gnomes are my family, all yes. of them, blood-related uh-huh. to me. Yep. Our gene pool's tiny.
3: Yep, a lot of embryo. Okay.
4: Did you smell them? Did they smell like your family?
3: I don't have keen smell.
4: Okay. I just Also, no.
3: all, after the incident with the opal, all I really smell is shit.
4: Exactly. But if you want to go out looking for them, you find them and you let I me know. I think
3: we should make our way towards the mountains where my home, my house, my village is and as Travancore said, they'll catch up. And if we see him again tonight, then I'll know.
4: Does that mean you're gonna take watch all night? I think that's what he's saying.
3: I'll take watch and then you can wake me if you guys see him.
4: No, that's not That's not what you were saying.
3: All right, let's go. I have an it, idea for that. Actually. It's been a few hours, they're probably still not around us.
2: Yeah, we can keep going, but while we're going, so I want to go bring into up the woods at
3: this point. They've already moved on.
2: Yeah, I have an idea while we're walking and talking and setting it, packing up and getting ready to move. Yeah, we were definitely walking and talking. The yeah, entire if time. we okay, so yeah, you've
5: gathered up the camp. Yeah. yeah, you've gotten back onto the road. Bernie is back on her dog. i is back doing of hemp circles. In my bag. Yeah. Yep. So you've, you've packed up. You've doused the fire. You've you've been good, and you're back on the road, heading up the long road, to, eventually to uh, the Crypt Garden Forest, and where around that Carlton's uh, home is, and you continue to talk. So here's my thought.
2: Tomorrow night, when we—tonight were tonight, we take, we set up camp. We set up the teleportation square as normal. The three of us, me, Jonathan, Bernie, and whoever else wants to go with us, go through the circle, but we keep it open. You stay on the outside. Bucks hangs out with you. If you need us, you give Bucks a holler, he'll come get us.
4: Oh, I that's, like that idea. That's
2: actually kind of smart.
4: That's a good idea. I, vote I yes. totally
3: thought of this. Hey, guys, what we should do is we should set up the teleportation circle. <laughs> you three should rest in there. Bucks will hang with me. And when I see something, I'll send him in to go get you. I love Thank it.
4: Thank you, Travis. Carlton Tank does that's it again, an man. Excellent idea.
2: All right, sounds good. Let onward, and we we're just walking, I guess, down the. We are we back at the the trail at this point? I guess it didn't take that long. Yeah, you
5: you've been back on the road for a little while as you're having this discussion. The sun has come up. It's another dreary, lightly snowing day, and I'd love you all to roll perception checks.
2: <laughs> Ruh-roh.
5: I'm gonna roll one for the dog.
2: Oh, you want it for Shadow as well?
5: I would always love for anybody who wants a perception. Got it. Okay, let's start with uh, Jonathan and Bucks. Oh. Let's wait for Jonathan and Bucks.
1: (laughs) Well, Jonathan got a three. Bucks
5: got a nine. Okay, uh, Bernie and Coco Snoot?
4: Well, Bernie got a six, and Coco Snoot got a 19. (laughs)
5: Okay, Uh, Carlton?
3: Well, Carlton got a 24. And Carlton got
2: a 24.
5: (laughs) Okay. And Travancore and Shadow.
2: So Travancore rolls a 20, but not natural. And Shadow, God bless him, rolls a nine.
5: Okay. Bernie, the only reason you notice this is because Coco Snoot comes to a halt. And he sees what Carlton and Travancore see first. And then once they point it out, it actually becomes very obvious to all of you. And you kind of are surprised that you didn't see this before. The road that you've been following is slowly, it's gone off to the east, and now is curving up harshly to the north. And so you, you've you been slowly curving to the left this whole time, which means you don't have a, a huge amount of distance ahead of you that you can see down the road. But now that you've kind of stopped, you're teammates have noticed something odd about the road in front of you. There are these mounds of dirt, about five or six of them, very large, about four or five feet wide. Some of them seem to be even six, almost as though someone dug up something and then reburied it. But they seem to be scattered throughout the the roadway. And you guys are able to stop kind of just before you reach the area where the these mounds are, thanks to your friends.
4: Oh, look, Carlton, your family's doing road maintenance.
5: I don't like
3: you as much as I used to. You're mean to me.
4: Yeah, I am. So, proceed with caution.
1: Well, I, um... Hold on, hold on. I want to... Clearly, these are... Maybe these are mines. I don't know. I'm not fireball. What?
5: Wait wait, 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 wait a second. Like, like explodey mines?
3: Maybe. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right, you you said you're going to firebolt one of them? Yes. Cool. Okay, roll and attack.
2: All right, get ready for initiative. Oh, before he rolls that, I get as far away from one of these as possible.
5: You guys are about 50 feet away from the f- closest one. Okay, good. So, Travancore, un- unless the universes have aligned in a weird way and there actually is a mine under this mound of dirt. You think you're gonna be okay. Okay.
3: Since we're waiting before the explodey dirt part, can I do a nature check? I'm assuming like I'm nature checking as he's preparing his fire to see if I recognize if this was created by a certain type of creature.
5: Okay, are you gonna get any closer or you're gonna stay where you are?
3: Uh I will get you said they were fifty feet away?
5: You are currently fifty feet away from the closest one.
3: Let's go up a uh... Another 20, so that they're 30 feet. That way I'm still within one rounds of move. Oh, wait, no, my speed is 40. I'm only going to go up another 10 feet.
5: Okay. So you are now 40 feet away from one of these mounds. Uh, go ahead and roll me a nature check.
3: Come on, don't suck. 12. Looks
5: like a lot of dirt. A lot of dirt. A lot of dirt.
3: Uh, I go back Some to the party line. Someone must have been
5: digging in the road. That's weird.
3: I go back to the party line. And I'm like, I ain't seen shit. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Did you just comb the roadway?
3: I comb the roadway. <laughs>
5: you know,
2: considering how many animals travel with us, that's kind of surprising. <laughs> I'm actually
3: standing in some shit right now.
4: Probably. This is just, I'm sorry, we are just the heralds of shit.
5: <laughs> Jonathan, what was your attack?
1: It was 13.
5: Okay, you cast Firebolt, and very deftly it hits this giant mound of dirt. It's not very high. It's maybe only a half a foot off the ground, but it's very large. It sinks into this mound. Go ahead and roll damage.
1: All right. Uh, 11 damage.
5: This is the deadest dirt you've ever seen. (laughs) Boom! (laughs) Fuck you, dirt! Firebolt sinks into this mound, and it... It does do a little bit of an explosion from the force of your damage. Poof! Dirt kind of goes flying in flaming chunks, a couple of it scarred and rolling out. And uh, you now have a semi-exploded pile of dirt about 50 feet in front of you.
3: Hmm. All clear, guys. Um, I guess, you know what? I'm going to be bold. Uh, I will cautiously make my way up to one so I can peer down the hole.
5: I'm going to hang out here. Okay, so you go 50 feet forward. Are you going to the the, the close one, the one that Jonathan just...
3: Uh, assuming it's not completely destroyed, that I can't see down it.
5: Okay. As you approach, you can see that, no, it's not completely destroyed. Uh, you can't see down it. But as you get to the edge of it, you can now see that your initial instincts about what this was was is kind of correct. This does look like a hole was dug and then refilled in. So the dirt that's under here is, is very loose and it seems to be fairly recent, even with the the snow melting in this general area and, and kind of the clumps of mud. It it looks like maybe this was in the last day or two at most, that this, this at least the specific one was dug up. But it looks like all the rest of them, kind of from a cursory glance, have been dug up recently. You'd have to actually start digging into it to see how deep it goes. But at least, thanks to Jonathan's Firebolt, it goes at least a foot underground, maybe a foot and a half. Someone dug at least that far and then refilled the hole.
3: Uh, I stick my halberd in, like the handle. I I grab it by, like, close to the blade part, so I'm not cutting myself. But right there, and I start slowly inserting the dirt to see how far into my halberd staff it goes.
5: Okay, how tall is the halberd?
3: It's a reach weapon, so
5: so it's at least five feet.
3: Yeah, so it's at least five feet. I'm assuming, let's say seven.
5: Yeah, and then the blade, maybe on top of that. So you're able to sink it pretty much. Almost all the way into the ground. You you basically have to stop because you're about to your your hand and the blade are about to hit the ground. Uh, but it sinks all the way down through very loose loose dirt.
3: Okay. Uh, but I don't feel it stop.
5: No, I mean no more than you would through loosely compacted dirt. Yeah, I don't obviously... feel a,
3: a hard. Uh, That's guys, correct. this thing's at least another six feet. It's at least six feet deep, if not more. <laughs> but I think it was made by a thing. I don't know what thing. Now that I'm closer, can I f- try to figure out what thing could make this?
5: Sure. Roll another nature check.
3: Come on, don't suck. All right. Unnatural 20.
5: Uh, You know a lot of burrowing creatures in this area, especially having gr- been uh, grown up close by. You're unsure what specifically made this hole, the size of it indicates that it's probably a fairly large creature of some sort. Uh, but you are familiar with five or six different burrowing creatures in, in this general area. Um, you do know that the, the long road can be a place that can be a good ambush point, not just for bandits, but for, you know, all sorts of manner of creatures. And, while the name of this creature doesn't come to mind, you do know of a couple in this area that might be lying in wait, and I'd like you and everybody to roll perception checks. Carlton? Eleven. And uh, Jonathan and Bucks?
2: Jonathan seems not to be in his chair.
5: Okay. Jonathan fails his perception check.
2: <laughs> Fair uh, enough.
5: Travencore and Shadow.
2: Cor rolls a ten, Shadow a thirteen.
5: And Bernie and Bernie and Snoot. I Bernie got a 14, Coco Snoot got a 10. None of you notice anything, but on Carlton's warning, you're all a little bit wary. There's a sudden rumbling from under your feet, and uh, Jonathan, I need you to make a strength saving throw. 12. Okay, out of the ground bursts a creature that, as it arrives, Carlton, you now, it's confirmed which of these creatures you know is uh, responsible for these holes, this giant insect-like creature bursts out of the ground above, uh, below you and with huge uh, mandibles grapples onto your waist and attempts to drag you back down into the earth. Oh, and I need shit. everybody to roll initiative. Oh, shit! Jonathan is currently being attacked by a giant insect-like creature. A lot of things I always gotta grab Jonathan, man. Okay, Bernie. I got a 10. What's your dexterity modifier? Uh,
4: My dexterity modifier, nothing. Okay,
5: go ahead and roll a d20 real quick.
4: Okay, are they both dexterity zero? (laughs) That's a
5: 15. Okay, you get to go first. Ooh, how not. Carlton. Uh,
3: I have a nine, and my dex modifier is three.
5: And Jonathan? 10, dex modifier two. Okay, you're going to go ahead of both of them. Travancore and Shadow. 24, natural 20. Everyone drink. Damn. Dude, you're on um, fire tonight. Okay, Bucks does get his own initiative. Jonathan, what's his initiative?
2: Bucks'
1: initiative is 13.
5: I think Bucks should have advantage
4: because it's a bird, and this is obviously an insect and air-type
5: Pokemon habit. Have- Well, that makes a lot of sense, except Bucks is a tiny, tiny little pygmy owl. Well,
4: she could poke its eyes out. Have you not read Harry Potter?
5: Yeah, look what happened to that owl in Harry Potter. (laughs) Well, I will say this. This creature that emerges is large. It is bigger than Carlton. It looks like a praying mantis has mutated into some weird b-movie horror ant type creature carlton you recognize this you've not seen one before but you were warned about this when you first left the crypt garden forest this is an Enkeg, and you know that they come in packs but for the moment travancore and shadow you are first and you only see the one it is currently grappled onto jonathan and seems to be trying to drag him into the ground
2: all right i'm gonna have shadow move up to uh I don't know if, like, Bucks is actually truly flanking with uh, the creature or not.
5: Uh, no. Bucks was flying about. Okay. And this creature is in Jonathan's space. So really the only thing next to the creature at all is Bernie. Oh, yay.
2: So, yeah, just catty corner as far away from Bernie as possible so that they both have advantage. Sure. Magic arrow, here we go. Arrow number one. Yep. Will a 14 hit?
5: Yes, actually. You're a little startled, but it, it actually sinks into the side of this creature. Go ahead and roll damage.
2: Alright. So that's going to do 7 damage for the first arrow.
5: Alright.
2: And we got the second one on its way. 22. I'm guessing that's going to hit.
5: <laughs> yeah, now now that you know what you're looking at and where to hit, it sinks in easily. Go awesome. ahead and roll damage.
2: And that's going to be 10 damage.
5: Ouch. Alright. Uh, you just sink two arrows into this crazy bug creature it doesn't let go of jonathan but it shudders at the impact it is bucks's turn uh i've
1: t- had conversations with bucks on what to do in a fight he's gonna fly away
5: okay is he going to just keep flying away or is he gonna go to like to the limit of your perception he's gonna go to
1: the limit of my perception
5: and that was a hundred and hundred feet
1: he's ba- he's out he's getting himself out of the fight all right those those are his standing instructions
5: all right, he is going to go 99.9 feet, find a tree, and perch, and wait for further instructions. And what would you like to do?
1: I don't know if I can beat this thing's grapple, but... Um,
5: you, you as an action, you can try to escape yeah, the grapple. Yeah, I,
1: I, I understand my options. I just don't, okay. I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to try... Fair enough. I'm going to use my action to try and bust free.
5: Okay, go ahead and make a strength check.
1: I get a eight.
5: Okay, you struggle and push against this thing, but its pincers are tight around you, and you are not able to break free.
1: This is why I don't do this. Uh, this That's why I blast stuff when I'm grappled.
5: you still have a bonus action? Would you like to do anything else?
1: I don't have anything to do. I also have a movement action that I can use. But
3: You don't have any any spells that are bonus?
5: No. I sent
4: you a message to delay your turn so I could cast Bless on you so you would get advantage.
2: Where? It was in the, uh... World oh, 20 the chat. chat. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't see
5: that. If... No. Just no, it's this fine. Then. We're gonna do this my way now. Well, your way was the blessed way. No, I had a second way. That's fine. We're gonna try... We're gonna she, had try. A, she had a contingency We're gonna try plan. option two. Well, Bernie, it is your turn. I'm
4: option gonna cast away. command. You speak a one-word command to a creature you can see within range on the uh, praying mantis thing. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or follow the command on its next turn. The spell has no effect if the target is undead. Is this thing undead? I don't think it's undead.
5: Uh, You're pretty sure it's not undead. You can't be 100% without a check, but... I'm going to command it to drop Jonathan. Okay, so your command is drop. Okay, what was the wisdom saving throw? Oh, it was a wisdom saving throw? That's not gonna do it. (laughs) Yay! That's a three. Good job. So, on your turn, Jonathan... Uh, you hear your tiny little gnomish friend go as if she's talking to a dog. Drop it! Drop <laughs> it! Drop! Drop! And almost obediently, you are uh, released and fall the half an inch back onto the ground without a problem. Yay! I just cleric real good Is right Coco's there.
3: Just like, in the corner chewing on a branch. Hear that and drop Thank it. Thank you.
5: <laughs>
4: okay. Would you like to do anything else? I there's nothing really else I can do.
5: I I I did my job. We're fine. It is the ankeg's turn. It's going to uh, turn on you, Bernie, as it realizes, uh, in a weird way, what it just what just happened, and its mandibles are going to reach out and try to bite you. Ow! I don't think an eleven hits you though. No, actually, okay. does not. All right. I just want to look at it and go, (laughs) no. So it fails miserably to hit you. Unfortunately, Carlton, you feel rumbling from two of the other holes that are nearby and two more appear. One is going to rush up on you. Of course.
3: This was my plan all along was, you know, be over here by myself and take care of these guys. Totally wanted to do that.
5: Travancore. The other one is going to make a beeline for you. The one on Carlton, sixteen. Uh, 16?
3: uh yeah, that will miss.
5: Okay. The one on Travancore. <laughs> Rolls a natural one. It's still got dirt in its eye. Does
3: it bite its own hand? Like, ah.
5: <laughs> No, but it looks kind of silly, like a praying mantis has Tourette's, and it's it's <laughs> kind of dumb. I not it's month. trying to eat its own shoes. Not okay. That's not okay. Yes, it is. It's fine. I'm talking about a made-up beast. <laughs> Carlton, it is your turn.
3: I would say that while I saw my friend get, you know, these are all within six seconds, my friend got, you know, mandibled, uh, so I'm pretty angry about that. I would say, assume, uh, and I'm gonna rage all up on this. Okay. And it's gonna be Hallbrid, uh, with extra attacks. Yeah, I'll go frenzied. So I'll okay. get three attacks. Uh, first one will hit for twenty-four. Yes. Uh, do you want me to do hit damage, hit damage, or three hits and then damage for?
5: I would always prefer hit damage, hit damage, hit okay. damage.
3: Just checking. That'll be uh for twelve, uh, okay. two of which is. Nine of it is slashing. Two, uh, three of it is necrotic, for resistances. Okay. I'm not sure how that works.
5: You just, you just let me know.
3: Yeah. Does it look like it took less than I thought it would?
5: Let's do all three attacks first, and okay. then. All right.
3: Because it'd, like it'd be this. weird
5: for you to stop in the middle of one and kind of examine
3: right. it. Uh, eighteen for the second
5: hit. That hits.
3: Second hit is gonna hit. Ooh. Uh, it's gonna hit seventeen slashing, three necrotic.
5: Ooh. Wow. All right.
3: Yeah, I rolled a ten on my ten. Okay. Uh, melee a attack again. 24 to hit. That hits. Oh, fuck. Uh, that's eight slashing, one necrotic. I rolled ones on both of those.
5: It is super hurt. A couple of its smaller legs have been sheared off. It's got uh, a portion of its side. It has a giant gash in it from one of your slashes and seems to be oozing this greenish Iker, it looks incredibly hurt but it it seems to not be taking less or more damage than you expected
3: okay then for future roles i won't divvy it up i'll just say the quick number
5: okay yeah i'll I'll let you know in the future if i need uh okay. Travancore, it is your turn and shadow's turn both of you have a big beast next to you
2: oh boy and shadow is definitely flanking with bernie for the one that the first one right
5: yes he is excellent
2: all right multi-attack from shadow
5: Okay. Let's
2: see. First, the bite. Ten's not going to hit, though.
5: Ten will not hit, but he does have advantage, so you get to roll one oh, more time. Oh,
2: duh. Every time. When am I going to learn? Probably never. Next year. Apparently not tonight. Not that it matters. Chapter three. All right, but now- he, has two bite- he has two claws, at least. So let's try one of those. Okay. First claw is 21, but let's crit fish. 16, so 21's going to hit.
5: That definitely hits. Go ahead and roll damage on the claw.
2: It's going to be seven damage for the first claw.
5: All right.
2: And we got one more claw. claw His claw
5: sinks. So his bite misses as he's a little distracted seeing you engaging with a creature, but then he refocuses and just slashes into this creature.
2: Okay. And then the last claw. Five, but another roll. 21. (laughs) And that other
5: claw hits. Roll damage.
2: Nice. And that'll do seven damage.
5: All right. This thing is also looking super hurt. Once again, green splatter is kind of coming out in gouts. It's listing to the side, and it's, it's making this high-pitched whine that just kind of slashes through your brain in a really horrible way. Uh, anything else?
2: Um, can I move without opening myself up to an attack of opportunity against the one that's in front of Travencore?
5: If you move away from it, you will get an attack of opportunity. If you stay within five feet it will not be able... To, it won't attack.
2: Hmm. You know, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna try and get behind Shadow. Let him get his attack tuning in.
5: All right. So he's gonna slap... Or he's gonna uh, reach out with his mandibles and try to bite you. Oh! oh! Yeah, that'll hit. That's gonna be a natural 20.
2: Drink.
3: Good thing I'm out of booze.
5: Yeah, I know. You're gonna take 10 slashing damage. Okay. You're gonna take 2 acid damage. Ooh. And I need you to make a strength-saving throw. Oh,
2: when it rains, it pours. Here we go. Roll high, my friend. Well, I already have a minus two for this, so... Oh. Yeah, I'm not a very strong guy. I focused on being dexterous.
0: Oh. Zero. Oh, shit. Oh, wow.
2: That is actually a zero. (laughs) That is worse than a one. I rolled a two, but minus two, so... Maybe moving wasn't the best bet, but yeah. I'm kind of
4: proud you of you know, right
0: I, now
2: that on, you on, got the hold zero. On,
1: hold on, hold on. I get after you guys for saying natural 20 or saying unnatural 20. It's, it's a 20, and if, you, if it's a crit, that's fine. If it's not, that's fine too. And then y'all also say natural one, which I'm just like, they're always natural ones. And then I have to <laughs> remind myself that sometimes, sometimes you can have an unnatural one. Or, or an in a this natural...
5: case, a zero. <laughs> yep. So because sometimes D and D ruins the the math universe. Oh, I'm so proud
4: of you for this, and I don't even know why.
3: Just be glad you're not a negative one.
5: It's so amazing. So you attempt to move away from this creature, and it grabs you with its mandibles, sinking into the the sides of your of your uh, sternum. It, you feel this horrible burning sensation, and you are not only unable to move away, but you are now grappled are you by this kidding creature. Me? Didn't I just fix this? Well, you're going to have to fix another one. Bucks is is staying hidden. Jonathan, it is your turn. You are no longer grappled. What would you like to do? Well,
1: first I move away. I move, uh, let's say, 15 feet northwest.
5: Are you disengaging, or are you going to take the attack of opportunity? Oh, yeah. right.
1: All right, then let's do this. I yell, I yell, Carlton, you're going to feel funny here in just a sec. Okay. And I speak some arcane words and cast haste on Carlton.
3: All right. I start, my, my legs start doing that roadrunner running in place thing.
5: Carlton, you get all sorts of fun things. I think we've gone over that once we get to Carlton's turn, if, if he needs reminding. Jonathan can give him a reminder. Uh, anything else you would like to do?
1: Ah. Uh. No, I'm not going to risk the moving away. I'm just going to stay at it and I'm just going to be, I'm just going to vamp here. All right,
5: you're just going to stare this NK in the face and give it poke it it with my steely eye. Oh. (laughs) All right, Bernie, it is your turn. We're going
4: to do exactly what I did last time. I'm going to cast Command and I'm going to say drop it to this one that now has Travancore.
5: All right, and it was a wisdom saving throw? Yes. That's a 15. That does not make it. All right. Thank you. Uh, once again, into the the uh, air, you hear Bernie command one of these beasts, and Travancore. You feel its jaws relax and let go of you, and it it still hurts because he he got you good. But you are now no longer grappled by it. Whew. All right. Anything else, Bernie? Uh, no,
4: I'm just gonna just gonna stand here and just apparently yell at small
5: large <laughs> animals. Very large. All right. It is their turn. First up, the one on Carlton is going to try to bite him. <laughs> oh, that's shit. That's going to hit. So that's a natural 20. All right. So let's do this. So, uh,
3: And I'm currently raging, so I'm resistant to the slashing.
5: Yep. You're going to take 21 points of slashing damage. Halved. Jesus.
3: All right. So that's two Because you're
5: raging. And then. Fuck. You're going to take 5.0 acid damage that you don't get to have. I need you to make a strength saving throw. Uh,
3: advantage... Oh, oh, wait, that's on dex, not strength. Okay, but I'm good at strength.
5: I would hope so. I have plus
3: eight to my strength saving throw. Will be sixteen when all is said and done
5: bites down into you and if it wasn't for your rage it would do a ton of damage. You still feel the acid burn through. It tries to clamp onto you and you just shove it away and it is not able to to lock its mandibles on you. Uh, the one that's surrounded by everybody, I don't know if it really knows what to do. Roll a d3. You know what? It's, it's either going after Shadow or Bernie since those are the two that have been harrying it. So one, two, or three, it's going after Shadow. Four, five, or six, it's going after Bernie. Uh, All right. Bernie, you feel... You see its bite coming towards you. Uh, That's a not natural 20. So I assume it hits. Yes. You are going to take 12 slashing damage and five acid damage. And I need you to make a strength saving throw.
4: Oh, I don't really... How much do I have? Oh, well, that's not... Quite as bad as I thought it would be. That's a seven.
5: All right, it has latched onto you. It is now grappling you, and it is does not want to let go. Finally, this one over here is gonna move one square. Uh, Travancore, you see its jaws open wide, as though it was gonna bite you again. But instead, you you smell uh, this acrid. Ozone type smell in the air as suddenly a stream of green acid flies out of its mouth in a 30 foot line. So I need Bernie, Jonathan, and Travancore to make dexterity saving throws. Ooh, Dex, thank
2: God. I'm a dex Can I I'm use my boost.
5: dog's dexterity? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh yes, actually you are writing Coco so you can use <gasps> oh, his no! dexterity. Oh
3: fuck. Oh, uh this <laughs> DM? Yes? Isn't he, she currently grappled with the Ankeg?
5: Oh, that's true.
3: So either she's in its space or it's in her space, so either she doesn't or it does make this Oh, dark,
5: I would say I don't. Right? Um, well, no, in this case, in this case, it's grappled on. It, they're not inhabiting the same space like it was with Travancore because it came under. Um, it is holding on to Bernie. I'll let you use Coco Snoot's dexterity, but it'll be at disadvantage. So you have to row twice. <laughs> okay. Bernie? What's your dexterity? I got a four. And Jonathan? Uh, 18. And Travancore?
2: So it's a four, but that's after my bonus, so it's a natural one. So I used up all my 20s in the wrong places.
5: <laughs> all right.
2: Uh, huh. I wonder if you said that earlier.
5: Jonathan, you manage, because you're kind of at the end of this 30-foot stream of acid, you, you're, you are the one that sees it coming the most, manage to dodge enough to take half damage, Okay, so that's 12 acid damage on Bernie and Travancore. Jonathan, you take six. Got it. As just this green, spewing, steaming acid flies out of this thing's mouth. And they are done. Carlton, it is your turn.
3: Uh, I'm going to go after the first guy there. Uh, And now with haste, I have an additional attack. So I'm going to have up to four attacks this time. Uh, okay. And my speed is doubled, and I have plus two to my AC.
5: Thanks to Jonathan, you have all the things.
3: All the things, once again, as I like to have. uh, 18 to hit. That hits. Roll damage. That'll do 10 damage.
5: Okay, on that attack, you are super pissed. You've just seen everybody really hurt. You felt acid damage, and you weren't able to mitigate that at all. And so you bring that halberd around and slice right through the the top of its head, and it falls to the ground dead. All
3: right, uh, now I have up to 80 feet of movement. So I'm going to go basically to the right of the Ankeg next to Travancore, but one space over, so 10 feet because I'm a reach weapon. Next one over.
5: I don't... Does that still give you advantage?
3: That's what I was going to ask you, as the DM, because I'm still within melee range.
5: I'll say, yeah. I'll say if you're still able to harry that creature because of reach, Hell that yeah. makes
3: sense. Three attacks coming its way. Okay. Uh, first one for 25 to hit.
5: That hits. Roll damage.
3: Yep. Uh, 13 damage. Okay. 25 to hit again. That hits. Uh, 16 damage. Ouch. Yep. Still up.
5: Still up. This one hasn't been hurt at all.
3: And critted.
5: Oh, shit. Drink. All right. <laughs> Everybody drink. You do get to double. So you double all of the dice. That's includes the necrotic damage dice.
3: But I don't get the modifier more than once, right?
5: That's correct. Modifier once. Dice twice. Modifier once. So
3: 13, 18 plus 7, uh, 25.
5: So I know this isn't the last creature that's out there, but this is kind of so epic. How do you want to do this?
3: So I'm coming in here. I'm slashing. I'm slashing. Uh, and then I see it's kind of starting to waver a little bit. And so I, instead of just slashing across, I come straight down and cleave it in two so that it splits apart. And I now have view of Travancore. And I'm like, hey, buddy.
5: Hey, pal. Thanks again. You have a view of Travancore, Bernie, and Jonathan who are all kind of reeling from this acid attack. This thing, as it falls into uh, two pieces, starts to steam as the acid in, inside its blood starts to eat it alive. And yeah, you've slaughtered this thing. All
3: right. And then uh, since I still, have I mean, that was the last of my attacks, but I still have movement left. Okay. Um, I'm going to, uh, in line with Jonathan, one space away for the reach weapon of that ankheg.
5: All right, Carlton is just road running around here, killing everybody. Travencore, uh one minute you are staring death in the face, and the next minute, uh, death is in two pieces, and Carlton's like, hi, as he runs off. What would you like to do? Let's put arrows in
2: things. Okay. Number one, 23. That hits? Eight damage.
5: It looks like a stiff breeze could f- uh, fell it, but it is still standing.
2: I launch my next arrow and nickname it Swift Breeze or Stiff Breeze. Okay. <laughs> Thirteen.
5: Oh, you oh. took a second too long to name this arrow, <laughs> and it manages to see you as you as you knock and just get out of the way. Oh
2: well. It,
5: the the Swift Breeze blew in the wrong direction.
2: Well, that's it for for old Travancore.
5: All right, Buck's is still safe, Jonathan. All right. Let's see what I want to do to
1: this thing. How hurt is it? Is it hurt? Uh, Shadow's been slashing on it,
5: right? Shadow's been slashing on it. Travancore's been hitting it. I yelled at it for a while. Bernie made it feel really inadequate about its its own willpower. It's staggered and it looks super hurt. You can see just ichor pouring out of all kinds of wounds. Its shell is cracked. Several of its legs are having trouble holding it upright. All right.
1: I'm Magic Misslet.
5: Okay. Roll damage. All right.
1: Uh, that's thirteen damage total. All
5: right. As this is the last <laughs> creature, as the fabulous Matt Mercer would like to say, how would you like to do this with your magic? So missile? this is the same motherfucker
1: that got me. It's been it's been harried. I'm kind of like I've kind of taken a step back as uh as shadows just like tearing into it, and there are a couple of arrows sticking out. So I'm like, hey buddy, get buried, and I uh I shoot him. I, I magic missile him once. He kind of goes back. Magic missile again. He goes the other way. And the last magic missile I put into his head and he falls back into his hole.
5: All right. And he does just that. Um, You do notice as he falls back that the hole that he burst out of seems to have filled up behind him. And you suspect it's kind of like with a lot of burrowing, burrowing creatures where they've push the dirt behind them and that's how he burst out but yeah he falls back dead and am i still grappled
4: did he release me
5: uh yes when he dies he releases you and so you you feel it kind of just slip away and go all right i was like
3: oh as it goes down i wave at jonathan hey buddy (laughs) and he's here to help but he's
1: he Carlton doesn't realize it because he's just waving, but his hand is going really fast. It almost looks like it's going in slow motion. It's going so fast.
3: I'm like, like, I'm like basically on cocaine right now, just like super. Like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm like, I gotta
1: go. Hey, buddy. Oh, by the way, this isn't gonna be pleasant. I end the spell, and you get real. You get the most tired you've ever been.
3: I, so I'm like waving, but really fast, and he ends it, and I go, "Huh," and I kind of like lean on my halberd, like, "Shit." Sorry, buddy. That that hangover is bad. <laughs> I'm going to be chasing that dragon for
5: a while. If this helps your hangover, you guys get a total of 1,550 experience between the four of you. Whoa. Everybody gets 18 health back. Thank you. And you now stand. Uh, it is mid-morning amongst the corpses of three giant steaming at- acidic insects on the long road north. What would you like to do? I'd like to search the insects. All right, Travancore, go ahead and roll me a nature check. Oh, You know, you would think the ranger would have
2: a bonus for nature. Alas, it's not to be. Six.
5: Out of curiosity, are you you searching? Are you trying to figure anything out about the insects? Or are you basically just searching it and the hole that it came out of? Like, what are you actually trying to do?
2: Well, I want to learn a little bit more about the... I've never seen these kind of creatures before. I want to see a little bit more about them. They're like, see if I can... You know, intuit something about their mobility, from where they look, for what I've studied, and you know, also see if they have anything on them. I mean, they're insects, but probably not, but you never know.
5: You don't see anything on them. I mean, they are insects, even though they're giant. As you kind of examine the body, it is caustic, and you've never really encountered anything like this, and it is... It is super hard to even look at this thing and get close. So you, you don't really notice anything. Carlton, as you notice Travancore trying to examine this bug, you do remember from what you've been told when you were back in Tribor about this area. Not only do these Ankeg usually uh, attack in groups, they tend to try to drag their victims back into their holes. So uh, any bodies that you would find that they have eaten, any leftovers, any detris would actually be in their holes.
3: If you want some loot, buddy, you gotta go down the hole. Back into the hole. Um, can I take their acid sack and use it?
5: Uh, do you have anything to do that with?
3: I have hand axes.
5: Okay. Would you like to dip your hand axes in the acid?
3: No, I basically like want to carve around where the acid sack would be, so that like I could take that and then like throw it later.
5: You can try. Um, go ahead and roll. So, are you uh proficient? in nature.
3: Proficient in no, but I have a plus two in it.
5: Okay, and go ahead and roll a nature check at disadvantage.
3: A 20 is the lowest number.
5: A 20 total is your lowest?
3: Yeah, I rolled an 18 and a 19 with plus two.
5: You search around in this insect that's close by, not the one that you sliced in half, because that one is just kind of destroyed, but the, the last one that Jonathan killed. You manage to, with what is essentially a, a butcher knife into a beetle carve close enough to the acid sac to start to get at it you're able to use the hand axes to deftly cut it out what do you want to contain it in you you it's sitting there it seems to be right, completely um, taken out like you can now basically take it out of the insect it's just sitting there what do you want to do
3: uh let me look at the explorer's pack to see what i got in there what kind okay. of container? Give me a second here. I only have Explorer's Pack written down, but I got my book nearby. Nope, none of that will do it. You know what? I'm not using it. Mm. I was going to say I could use the Bernie basket, but I don't know if I want acid that close to my back. Uh, Anybody got like a bucket or a bottle or something? No. Anybody got like a priest pack or scholar pack or anything? Let me
4: take a no. look at
2: what I got here.
4: I mean, I have a priest pack, but I'm not encouraging this, so... Is anyone
5: trained in nature?
2: No, actually, which is weird. Again.
5: Jonathan? Oh, no. Mm,
3: I don't have a way of capping my minotaur horn. Because I have my horn that I drink out of, but I don't have a way to cap Mm -hmm. it, so it would just be acid sloshing around.
4: I can put it in my ever-fresh
5: box It doesn't have a heart in there anymore. Yeah, Bernie, you know that if you were to put it in there, it would stay fresh.
3: Yeah, I don't want to risk the magic item getting destroyed by acid.
5: Well,
4: then, I don't condone any of this, so I'm out of suggestions. What you, what you doing?
3: I'm just going to carry it, all bloodied and in the sack.
5: Okay. Uh, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw.
3: Oh, that was so close to a one. Uh, uh, 16.
5: Okay. You reach out to scoop this thing up, and as your hands touch it, it it's kind of like the, the child that has touched the hot stove... You manage to move your hand away just in time before you take any acid damage, but this sack, even though you've deftly cut it out, is sitting there and is is also kind of covered in the blood of this this creature, and uh your quick reflexes mean that you don't take any damage, but touching this thing is going to cause issues. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, you would know from your studies, although this wasn't your specific area of study, there are ways to Harvest dangerous creatures of all sorts. You know that they're actually adventuring parties that go out that do this for a living. They go out and kill creatures specifically for alchemical parts that are necessary for all kinds of potions and and alchemy, right spells. Uh, you're you don't really know what. That includes and the tools that they need, but you do know there are ways to train in this. There are tools that can help with this that can give you advantage on on harvesting these kind of things. And some of the parts that you can get can actually be quite lucrative, but you don't offhand have any knowledge of the specifics. Adding that to my list of things to learn at the guild. Okay. As Jonathan relays this information and you kind of mull over it, the sack goes. <laughs> <laughs> And part of it splits open a little bit and the viscous liquid inside starts to spill out as the whole thing uh, continues to decompose. You, you've you noticed that these, these things, the acid is kind of eating them from the inside now that they're dead and it just kind of falls apart.
3: I go, yep, nope. And I walk away.
5: <laughs> All right. And you guys are going to continue north? Seems like a plan. Yep. Yeah. All right. And with that. We'll see what happens next time as you continue north along the very dangerous Long Road.
3: The very aptly named Long Road.
5: Is a very, very long road. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com, And see you next encounter.
0: 18
1: plus.